Hi friend, thanks for coming back to Rebirth. This is Kate Brenton. I am really excited about the interview for today with Lisa O'Rear and I introduce her again in the segment coming up, but I feel like this episode was, was recorded in August of 2020 in a time where we are being asked to reconnect to ourselves, to our body, our health, our world, our community in a new way. And the surest way to do that, um, the best way to do that is to be clear on what serves us in the truest sense. Might not always be what we want, might not be what we understand, but getting connected to that voice inside will lead us to make choices and have the faith that ultimately will serve all because we're one human family. So I, I am really honored that Lisa is sharing her story with us. So grab yourself a glass of water or a tea and I, I, all of my episodes I just adore and love, but you, you're really going to want to sit down and give yourself the gift of li- listening to what this woman has to share. Um, you can find her at lisaorear.com. I, I'm taking one of her yoga classes after listening And if you're in a space right now where you're not really sure what's going on in your life and you want someone to talk to, you could probably talk to Lisa. You could also um, reach out to me, katebreton.com. I do coaching and I also do classes to help you reconnect to your inner wisdom. There are a million ways. Find the right one, but please find a way to become the best friend to yourself that you deserve to be. Thanks for listening. Hi, you found Rebirth with Kate Brenton, and I'm really excited for our guest today. Lisa O'Rear is hilarious, honest, a phenomenal yoga teacher, and someone that I think, and we've even talked about this recently, has a pretty good grasp on actually what's important in life. No pressure for that as an introduction, Lisa, but thanks for, <laughs> thanks for right. joining us today. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you. So um, I'm just so grateful to be here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the very kind and generous um, <laughs> skew on my personality. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, I have a bias because I have some backstory. I mean, we we yeah. I found out your story a little bit ago and you know everyone has a story so it's not like Mm -hmm. oh this is your story I think it's also sort of dangerous and we have parts of our life that we traverse that isn't who we are it's just like okay well in my backpack I have like small stories I have a snack pack I have a dictionary you know what I mean some things leave a bigger imprint um Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put your website which is your name Lisa O'Rear and your Instagram handle which is as we were talking um there's so many people out there in the world it's Lisa O'Rear underscore um, Correct. If people want to, are listening and they're like, oh my God, wait, her yoga class is when? Um, and they can find you and talk to you. So let's get that out of the way. You're doing in person at the Bach and are you still doing Zoom? Yes. So um, in person at the Bach is next uh, Tuesday at like 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, it's socially distanced. Uh, uh, you can catch that and can find that on like KG Strong um, on Instagram. And then or to sign up, I should say, you have to sign up for that. And then I'm doing Zoom classes um, about uh, eight, nine a week. I'm doing nine. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been good though. It's it's very interesting teaching from your home, right? So like the six thirty a.m. class doesn't feel so early when you can right. literally roll out of bed <laughs> at six, <laughs> as opposed to like five to have to get to the studio. So right. But yes. So it's been good though. It's been good. 
Let me ask you an easy question first, because it, you use the terminology alignment based yoga. And, you know, we don't know who has found us here today on the podcast. And so what does that mean? Explain that. Right. To us. So, you know, yoga, um, it's, it's, it's come a long way as far as like, in like Eastern, if you will, the idea that like, it's, you know, it started, um, it's basically, so I'm an alignment-based yoga teacher because, because of my backstory, which we'll get into, but it's basically like where you put your hands and your feet, it matters, right? How you mm -hmm. stack your joints matters because over time, the, and don't get me wrong, I love to flow and move, um, kind of like breath to movement, if you will. We hear that term a lot. However, I'm also 43 years old and my body no longer moves the way that it did when it was 23. <laughs> it's true. So yeah, it's very true. And so like the idea that like a pulled hamstring at in your 20s, you probably heal a little bit faster than you do when you're in your 40s. Right. And so it's really important to find that balance between engagement, like strength and flexibility. And so alignment is just basically how to align your body in the most optimal way so that the breath can flow, the energies can flow more fully and completely. I can feel that just in what you're saying. I'm sure the listeners are like, oh, it, it draws your attention because I would say, and you know, this is just an opinion, we're really disembodied right now as a culture. Right. And so that's like one of the things that like drew me to this type of yoga um, in addition to um like how I found it, kind of my backstory, but also like, like for the first time, I like really felt not only good, physically good, right? Mm -hmm. Do you ever, I'm sure we've all done quote unquote workouts or attended some type of like a physical activity where like at the end, we're like, God, that was really good and hard, but like, I'm wiped, like mm -hmm. depleted. And life just does that to us. Mm -hmm. It just naturally does right. us. So like, <laughs> why, why, you know, with yoga like why would you want your yoga practice to do that to you to oh, like deplete wow. you to make and so like the idea of like it should like make you feel not only embodied but like enliven you and like make you feel good and like brighter and that to me is like what was the game changer in my practice it was like oh yeah, so I can't do like a lot of really fancy stuff. And that's like a whole other like conversation. About how, yeah, it is. <laughs> how we're like how we're like this like sensation it kind of like junky, myself included. I'm not I'm not this is I speak to this because I know it. Like wanting to like, oh, I want the like shiny thing. I want the like I want to do the handstand with the split and you know, all the but like if I'm sacrificing the alignment and the integrity in my physical body. Like, what good does that do me in the long run? You know, I would it think it's even more duplicitous, meaning, okay, we're just not going to talk about how we actually eat. But it's like, if I said to you, I'm going to go grab a cheesesteak, there mm -hmm. is no fooling ourselves what I'm eating, right? Correct. <laughs> but <laughs> if you go and say, I'm going to get a salad, but the salad dressing is actually yeah. worse for you, then it's more yeah. duplicitous because you think you're making the right choice. Do you know what I mean? Correct. Like your pizza night Correct. is your pizza night and you know what it is. Your salad, you yeah. think you're making a good decision. So if you're like, hey, I'm doing yoga, why am I getting hurt? It's a great explanation you're, you're 
sharing because it's yeah. like if you and that's part of the process of yoga is that you find you know really good yoga teachers I think are the teachers that hold such a space that they sort of dissolve into it mm-hmm. as opposed to asserting themselves well people don't know you know I used to break my heart when people are like oh, I went to one yoga class and then I would ask them like what was your yoga class like and then I would hear about it and I was like oh that's not really yoga like now you're not going to go back because for some people it's such an I mean it's much more normalized now but you know, you don't know that one it's one yoga class is not like every other yoga class is what I'm trying to say. And your definition right. is definitely something that is closer to the intent and philosophy of what yoga asana is supposed to actually achieve for the body. And that's like what I was trying to say at the very beginning when you asked me um, where I kind of like stammered a bit. It was because I was trying to figure out how to say where it's turned yoga has turned into this like, how hard can you breathe? How much can you sweat? Right. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying that it's different. So truly experience like yoga in your body is like, it's this idea that our lives are hard, right? Like nobody mm-hmm. can deny it doesn't matter who you are. It's not if you're gonna encounter something that's challenging, or life changing, it's when. Mm-hmm. And when will and, and how will you um, keep yourself, if you will, to go back to the word aligned. And so like this type of yoga, this alignment based yoga is like yoga as my teacher, Muriel Freeman always says, like the yoga for the householder, right? For the person that sits at a desk all day, mm-hmm. right? Who's going to have tight hips and quads or thighs, right? Like, oh, my hips are so tight. My hips are so tight. But let's like dial into like, why are your hips tight? Right. Like, like, we got to work around other things. We got to work other things, stretch other things to get actually into the hips. So it's just more like, you know, how can you, it, you want it to be sustainable. Like, I want my yoga practice to be sustainable. And that's what I want for other people. I want them to feel good, aligned, and like, recognize what that alignment feels off of your mat. Mm. See, that's gorgeous. I don't even need to reiterate oh, that. that but, you know, the other thing I was thinking of is as you were saying it, you, you know, and we, I, I can do this myself and I'm, I'm efforting to not where I'll say things like, oh, well, my body's 40 as if I'm supposed to be excusing a body that's no longer 20, except for that's what the body is supposed to do. Because the alternative is I don't have one. So, right. So, right? Right? No, it's true. And it's not like about making excuses. I'm not making excuses that I'm 43. But at the end of the day, we all age. Well, that's if you don't the age. Thing. The alternate is that you're not here anymore. So and the thing, yes. like, how do we keep up with our ever changing bodies? Something like the yoga that I did when I was 32 is not the yoga that I do today. And it's not wrong or right. It's just how it is. That's exactly right. And some people don't know that some of the popular asanas that are being done were actually targeted for teenagers, meaning, Mm -hmm. well, meaning that the yoga science is like, who is our audience? And what does their energy need to do? Like before our call, we're talking about my son. It's like, listen, someone said to me like, Oh, my God, you had him out at eight o'clock in the morning. You're such a great mom. I'm like, Oh, no, that was selfish. I went and got coffee and ran his battery down because that (laughs) body needs to, you know, some kids wake up and they're like, Oh, I'm going to do a handicraft. He's like, I need to climb. And so it's what I'm, I guess what I'm wanting to support or, or feel a need to like punctuate is that it's we if you're new to something or your body is hurting it's not because it taking into account like what you're saying like what you're doing and what your age is if the goal is to feel good and aligned 
And it's a good match. It's not like, oh, I have to do this because I'm older. You can say, I have to do this because I'm older and I want to yeah. be going. And that's what I'm hearing from you. That's what just yeah, sounds so good. Totally. And like the one thing too that I just want to like, you use the word punctuate. I'm jealous. I love that word. I'm going <laughs> to steal it. it. <laughs> but like the idea is, um, you know, I get to do this right? Like the idea is that like, I get to wake up and not in the morning and not everyone not and I don't feel good every morning. But like, I get the opportunity to like, give it another go. And like that, I think is like, so um, it's like, it's such a yoga and that for me, that idea, they, they, they just go hand in hand. Because like, when I step on my mat, it's this idea of like, I get to do this, like, it's gonna look different every day. I'm gonna feel different every day different parts of me are going to be tighter than yesterday or that they will be tomorrow. But like the idea is that like, I'm like, so grateful that I still get to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that because somebody yes. might be like, what do you, what do you yes. like? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, do you need me to, you know, what, what well, does that mean okay. to you? Mm-hmm. So like, um, so, you know, like, uh, so I, my, myself, uh, in 2011, God, that's crazy, right? Seems mm-hmm. like yesterday. Um, I had a stroke when I was 34 years old and as a result, and I'll let you kind of like pick how you want to like go into this, but as a result of it, I don't feel the left side of my body, my part, part of, or the part of my stroke uh, got into my brainstem, which obviously controls like all automatic function. It it um, it controls like uh, pain sensations, temperature sensations, like swallowing, coughing, sneezing. It's all like that automatic um, system. So anyway, so I um, the yoga that I practiced before <laughs> is not the yoga that I practice now, simply because like I can't feel like I used to. And Mm -hmm. so I found this yoga um, because it just, like I said, for the first time, I was like, wow, I can actually do this and move and not hurt myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think that that for me on the basic level was like, I still want to practice. I still want to teach. How do I do it in a way that on the very, like I said, very basic level, I'm safe. Mm -hmm. I'm safe. and I'm not going to hurt myself. So that's like how I found um, the yoga. But, you know, having a stroke at 34 can kind of blow your mind. <laughs> right. So let's, let's uh, unpack uh, it. I know. Yeah. No, here's the I don't, thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What was that noise for you? No, Tell no, me no, no. I know. I, I was just going to say, like, it's so funny because, like, you and I have talked about this and I share it with people. I'm very open about it. And because I feel like, the more you know, being like you, the collective, um, the more knowledge you have about these types of things, mm-hmm. um, the more empowered you can be, you know, to like right. recognize maybe symptoms and that kind of stuff. And and so it's just, um, I never know how to like go there, the subject. Yeah, right. go there. So like, that's why I'm like, you tell me how you okay. want to go. Okay. Well, of course, the reason you're on this show is, or this conversation, this moment is because your story inspired me because of its tenacity and your unwillingness to be silenced. Oh, thanks. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. That means a lot. 
So, you know, when the little bit that I had heard, it was like one of your first reception into something's not wrong was you were, you were ignored. Is that, yeah, that to yeah, me was so, the biggest shock of right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and, and, and I'll be brief with like a little bit of the backstory. Mm-hmm. I, um, just, I think it, it, I think it's helpful to hear. I, um, went in to the hospital for a standard procedure in and out, a colonoscopy and endoscopy. And at 34, if you're wondering why I had that, I just had some symptoms and I'd had like acid reflux for years. And they were like, well, if we're going to do one, we should do both. I'm like, okay, great. So I go in and the first hint that I had was like, do you ever, you just get that feeling where it's like, Something just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Just in your gut, you can't explain it. You have no idea why. And I always, I just chalked it up to like, well, obviously, like nobody likes to go under. So I was just a little anxious about that. But, you know, I like, I was like in and out, literally wore, I didn't bring anything with me. Um, and so I go in, I have this procedure and I end up having a reaction to a medicine that they give you prior to anesthesia. So I actually never had the procedure. But what happened was it caused my heart rate to shoot up, my blood pressure to shoot up. Like I had a tachycardia, my blood pressure went so, so high. And then I ended up having after that, all of these symptoms. And I just remember telling multiple people as they took me back into like recovery, something doesn't feel right. Like I just don't like my physically, my body, like so. I'm having this like horrible pain in my neck and in my arm and it's traveling and like, and there's nobody listened to me. Like the doctors, multiple doctors, Mm -hmm. and you know, like it was a long, like a long seven day journey, but I just want to pause for a second. You just said seven days. Yeah. Seven days of saying something isn't right. It was to be fair, to be fair, it was three and a half days. And then they sent me home from the hospital, <laughs> no, unable to exactly. really walk. Yeah, like, mm. so unable to, like, walk. Um, I really couldn't see out of my right eye. Um, I had, like, a drooping right side of my face. But what's interesting is that I passed my neuro exam, which I, like, can't, I don't even understand how I did. But apparently I did. And they sent me home. And I just remember... I couldn't walk leaving the hospital. And I remember just, you know, so when they say you have, when you have a stroke, um, you, you like, you lose your balance. And now when I say you lose your balance, you, it is not like, oh, I'm like dizzy. I like kind of lost my step. No, 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 no. You cannot stand straight up. It's literally like something is dragging you down onto the side. And I remember just holding onto the wall as I was like walking out um, because my husband, um, uh, he's my husband now, but at the time my fiance, uh, had to go get the car. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember walking down to the, and I remember the nurse with me, she was the only person that was like, this just isn't right. I, I, I can't believe they're letting you go home. Something's not right. And yeah. So then I ended up going home because I was exhausted and I was like sobbing. I was like, I just want to go home. Maybe it is a migraine. They kept telling me it was a migraine. And I was like, maybe that's what it is. And ended up uh, the next day having way more symptoms like projectile vomiting. Like it was, it was ugly. And then I ended up going back to the ER at another hospital and within getting back. So what happens is if you show up at a, because of all of, all of our medical systems are linked here in Philadelphia, 
they had had record that I literally just was discharged from another hospital. So they took me back immediately. And within hours, they had figured out that I'd had a stroke. But it was at least, it was like 72 hours from when it initially happened. And I'm just so grateful to be alive because, because when you are at the, so basically I had all of the textbook symptoms. Um, I kind of was like at the end of my rope and the next kind of, um, the next step would have been like coma because I was the, the, the stroke, it was in my brainstem. It started in my cerebellum and like it, the clot blocked the blood flow to not only my cerebellum, um, but started to get into my brainstem, which is why I have what is, I'll, I'll do air quotes wrong with me now. Mm. Um, but that's, but, but like nobody listened. Like it was, it started off with like the doctor in the recovery room. And we've talked about this, mm -hmm. the anesthesiologist who sounded like, I like referred, like, I think of him as like a, a proud racehorse who just like kept throwing his head up and was like, no, no, you're fine. And then they took me to the ER and that was the ER doctor. She was like, oh no, you're just thin and you're just tired and exhausted and scared and dehydrated. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, it, then it just began with like then they admitted me to the general floor, not even like the neuro or the cardio floor. And the general doctor was like, why do you think you're having a stroke? Because I mentioned it. And he was like, he's like, you're 34. He kind of like laughed at me and like nobody, like literally nobody listened. And then the chief of neurology at the hospital was like, oh no, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Look at you. You can walk kind of sort of in a straight line and you can touch your nose. You know, like when they hold, make you hold your arms out to a T and then like your index finger touches, mm -hmm. you take turns touching your nose. And so like four doctors were like, eh, you're okay. And then finally I was like, no, I can't. And like, you know, there's a part of me that has all this regret that I should have listened more to myself and been louder, mm -hmm. you know, been more of an advocate for myself. Mm -hmm. Um but to be quite honest, I'd never had to be really an advocate for myself. And this was like a hard lesson to learn. Um, but I'll never make that mistake again. And I'm grateful for the experience, even though it's been a really, I wouldn't say crazy hard nine years, but it's been very challenging. And it's like, I joke, like it's the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me. You know, but learning to really that, speak it, up. Yeah, because it probably forced something to grow in you, right? It's some... Yeah, and I didn't like it. I just remember, like, I remember saying multiple times, like, I don't think, like, something's really not right. And I just remember, I just kept apologizing for it, which is like, mm -hmm. what is that? Why do we do that? Well, that's the we thing. Apologize? Yeah, that's when you said, I, you know, I wish I would have advocated for myself better. I think I would think that of myself as well. And... It is really difficult if you are ever in a hospital situation or a situation where you are compromised and somebody else, and I'm not, you know, th this story happened years ago and I have these same impressions, you know, right now we're in a time that's, I'm just calling it 2020, that there's a, there's yeah. a, there's a lot <laughs> happening. <laughs> there's a lot, right. there's a lot happening. Right. Um, but even before 2020, 
myself, seeing myself as somebody who, um, you know, I feel like I can really speak up for myself. And yet I can be in situations where the other person is perceived as a, an authority, especially medically. And I just like revert to like Catholic school, Kate. And I'm like, okay, like the voice gets high and, you know, you really yeah. have to like orient yourself. So I appreciate you saying that. And I think one of the reasons I wanted to share, share your story, not only about your own personal courage, but like to kind of like shake that rug a little bit for all of us about medical advocacy, because, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's your dentist or, you know, your, um, your C-section like I had, or, you know, being yeah. judged, you know, like who did, who was I at 41 thinking I could have a home birth. It's like, I know someone who just had a home birth and it was her second child. And it was a VBAC, you know, like you, you can't, everyone is human yet. I think there's something going on where it's really easy to not listen to people. And your story is such a glaring example of the dangers of not slowing down to listen. And I think the modern pace, I won't even say just in the medical system, although I personally do feel that it is broken. And what was interesting, just as a side note to you, is I've, um, I'm kind of hoping he'll come on the podcast. I haven't asked him, but there's a gentleman who is a, um, a surgeon and he did a lot of um, cosmetic surgery, but his specialty was um, for uh, burn victims. So okay. re reconstruction. So it was reconstruction for, um, I guess we'll say trauma. I don't think that would be the word he would say, but you know, and yeah. how he really started to do some research on this. This is actually really cool for you as a yoga teacher, that there's like this interconnected network that we don't know about that are tethers in our system. It's called the Cinderella layer. And it, that, that it's not the fascia, it's something that's anchored in the fat. And that for, he said for reconstruction of because there's different cartilage and if you cut the face in a certain way that's why some people you know if you have too much surgery you shorten the tendons and you shorten these tethers and you can't smile and I was really fascinated by how excited he was and he said to me he goes but you know a lot of times surgeons don't want to be told to do things new he's like I always wanted to learn new things but he ended up leaving his profession because he could no longer operate. He said, I thought compassion was important for me to be a surgeon. And when it was no longer available for me to be compassionate, my conscience told me I had to leave. And I thought of you. And I never said anything to him because that's not really appropriate. But I thought mm -hmm. to be in the middle of these stories is like, I want more people to hear these stories, you know? 100%. And I... I think so what I kept hearing is that you're 30 you're a 34 year old woman I have absolutely like literally no reason there's no reason I sh should have had a stroke like I my blood pressure I had really low blood pressure low blood ah, low blood pressure my heart rate I have a I have a strong heart I was a runner um I've always been I've tried my best to always live a healthy lifestyle. Um, and I just kept hearing, well, you're, you're 34. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. But so that, so that means there's not no realm of possibility that I'm having a stroke because right. in a former life, I was a paralegal and I did medical malpractice, defense, medical malpractice. And I, spent 18 years poring over medical records and I'm not, you know, I felt like they kept 
trying to think like I was trying to tell them how to do their job and that was not it. And every time I said something, I always prefaced it with that. I was like, hey, Mm -hmm. I know I'm not the person who is in charge here, but I'm just telling you like these symptoms that I'm having, they're like textbook stroke. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't, you know, I'm, I mean, not trying to be a smart ass. I'm like, I just, and, and and let's like, let's be fair. I'm sure most people know, like when you have a colonoscopy, you don't eat for the entire day before, right? You just drink Mm -hmm. liquids and that like really gross stuff. They Mm -hmm. make you clean out your system. So my point is I had, my last meal was Monday night. So all day Tuesday. So just, uh, sorry, this all happened on a Wednesday. So I didn't eat on Tuesday. I didn't eat all day so the net, my next meal was um, Saturday, the following Saturday, and I got sick and didn't stay down. But like the point is, I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like I've never been that, and I was like trying so hard. And even my husband was like trying so hard. And like it's all it, it to like get them to like pay attention. And I think like it's almost. And hey, I got a lot of doctor for I love like my doctors and my nurse friends, like I love them. And I know they're doing the very best that they can with what they have. But I just felt like the lack of like compassion and the ability to see me as a um, like this really scared woman mm-hmm. who is having all of these really crazy mm-hmm. symptoms. And like, nobody's giving me a straight answer. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were like, oh, yeah, no, no, it's okay, honey you're okay. Mm -hmm. And instead of being like, okay, Lisa, talk to me, like really Mm -hmm. talk to me, tell Mm -hmm. me like what, what is, um, and it was like, just, I was seen as like, you know, like, uh, what I forget what they call it. Like 34 year old female. (laughs) Okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm Mm -hmm. just like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a statistic. Um, Right. But, and and it just, you know, I was really angry at first, but like I've taken, I've had some time to. Sure. I mean, we're definitely focusing on one aspect and we're going to draw it back into where you are now. And I just feel like in this condensed version, but the other thing that I want to draw attention to when I listen to your story is that nurse, the nurse that knew something wasn't right. And what I'm saying about that is it seems that there's these moments and I'm giving her credit where like, yeah. Her, her hands were tied. So maybe that yep. is something our system could look at, but she I think knew. For sure her hands yeah. Were tied. yeah. 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 So I'm, 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 I'm mentioning her as the, as the, as the glimmer of compassion. Like when you listen yeah. to this story, it's like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, what do we do? And it's like, well, maybe in some cases we do is we let humans be human. Meaning Mm -hmm. the nurse knew and she probably knew she wasn't going to be listened to either. That's what I mean by that. So it's like, we're not painting a broad brush because here's this surgeon who actually misses what he does. And so do you know what he does now? He travels and does it for like, because he likes bringing that. He feels like he's been given a gift and he likes Mm -hmm. to share it with people. And it's like where that seems to be a common theme that there's this constriction in our world right now that people are like, well, if I was allowed I'd be helpful. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I'm imagining for the listener that, well, any story that we have, everything that we have breeds into our existence. But I'm now imagining that what the space you hold as a yoga teacher about some people might have an idea of like, oh, my body can't do that. And I would imagine you would be a great listener 
to giving a person a space of dispelling that. It might not look like they wanted to, right? They might not do that yoga pose on Instagram, but they might not care if they're feeling good, right? Right. Yeah, I, I, you know, I try to hold space. I always try to bring myself back. To, so I've been working over the years of trying to be a better listener. It's like hard. I'm sure I'm not the only one <laughs> who struggles with that. But I try to always bring myself back to those moments when I was literally just spoken over. And nobody, like, and they just kept interrupting me and telling me that, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And deep down, I'm like, I'm not to drawing it back to like the student who's like, I don't, I don't really think that I can do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not, my favorite is like, I'm not flexible enough. Well, join the club. <laughs> I'm not that flexible either, you know? Um, but this idea that, you know, I want to really hear what you have to say and like, why, why do you believe that? Um, yeah. I like, I think it's, it's just really important to see people and meet them where they are mm-hmm. and to really hear them even and, and, and hearing them like with an open mind, right. An open mm-hmm. heart, like not mm-hmm. just like I have these preconceived notions, what they're going to say. That's great. Like you can keep a smile on your face and fake it, but are you like really like hearing them? Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that I've learned from all of this is that I think at some point in our life, we've all been glossed over, if you will. Oh, for right? sure. Like, yeah. No, this is right. just and like, putting a spotlight on your journey of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the idea that like, there's, oh, there's someone in your life, wherever, whatever that might be that has like not listened to you. And basically like, it almost makes you feel like you have no idea. Like I basically felt like, you have no idea what you're talking about. What are you talking about? You're 34. Like, well, the other thing in that, and this is just my personal lean is that, can we make space that people do have some sentience about their own body? Yeah. Right. And support that, you know, and, and that like when you were talking earlier about like, you know, you don't do yoga as a 20 year old, as a 40 year old, but it's like, there is also an opportunity for if a 20 year old is doing yoga, like I didn't think about my, I I was very active, but I didn't Uh think about my body as in like a connected, energetic, emotional, physical aperture with which I lived life. (laughs) I'm, I'm right there with you. No, I totally, that's, One hundred percent. I'm that way. Like, yes. Yeah. I think about that. And I'm like, how did I even make it out of my twenties? Right. And without, like, without, <laughs> without like really like damaging. Like, right. Right. Like, how did I even? How did I even like make it out? Um, but yeah, like you know, drawing, and I think that that's what. Um, so I, I think like I was an athlete. Um, yes, that really helped me. However, yoga really like kind of like was the home run mm-hmm. in that it's not like mind body heart are all separate right. they're this like one cohesive unit and like when it works together it's really beautiful and we when we have a realization of all of them together mm-hmm. recognize that they're working as we're, they're working towards being this like well-oiled machine if you will mm-hmm. like it's like a 
it's eye-opening and like I if I had had that in my 20s like oh my goodness right like yeah even even if it was just peppered in with all the haphazard joy that's what I'm saying totally 20s should still be what you draw upon in your later years but it's 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 boggling to me that there wasn't even um a paper trail for that Mm -hmm. let me ask you another question and yeah so you know I, I, I believe that even if our journey isn't exactly the same, there's, there's similar wisdom because our, we're in a human form. And so yes. I, I'm not going to ask you to pinpoint it on one thing, but who you were after the stroke and who you are now, what do you think are some of the things that pulled you? I mean, I'm assuming that was a, a, a dark, like a, a little bit of a valley. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, um, and just, and, and if I misheard the question, like, um, so right after my stroke was a very hard time for me. I always prided myself on being, I'm real gritty. Mm-hmm. Like I persevere. That's always been like my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I was a swimmer in college and I wasn't really good, but damn it if I wouldn't stay in the pool till the entire practice and if I had to do the entire set if it was like 5,000 yards without stopping I would do it like because I wanted it like I wanted to do it it was like something that I really loved and I just like kind of being maybe like perceived as the like the underdog Mm -hmm. Um, but so what was hard for me was that after my stroke like I, I had it but I was like I don't even know how to say it without it. I like didn't want, I couldn't. Have, so one of the things that's my, my main issue now is I have chronic pain. Um, I was like, I don't want to live like this. Mm-hmm. I, and that was em, not embarrassing for me. That's not the right word, but like, I was very shocked at how I felt like I was giving up mm-hmm. very easily. And so what kind of, pulled me out of that was that a I survived right like mm-hmm. I made it and like all of these things that happened while like at the moment I was angry I knew in the long run like whatever you believe in God the universe what like my faith is my fa- I have faith in God mm-hmm. I was like there's a reason that I survived and I held on to that and I was like I don't know what that is right now because I like literally was like, this is, I can't believe I still was like in shock, right? Like for mm-hmm. a while, but I was like, there's a reason and damn, if I'm not going to make it count, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was just like, how do I, A, figure out to like make myself healthy again, if you will, mm-hmm. like go back to this quote unquote, like new normal, right? It's like everyone's favorite term now, right? <laughs> Um, like, like how I was, but it was true. Stroke. It was a different phrase. Yeah. Then, right? yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's true. I'll, I'll never forget in the hospital when they came to do right before I was um, discharged, the, an occupational therapist came in to kind of like see how I could move around in scenarios like home. Right. And so I remember I was in the bathroom and she was like trying to show like how she was like trying to show me how to get into the shower. And I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Um, this is how you get in the shower. And I fell. 
And right. she's like, okay, that's not how you get in the shower now. Mm. It might be how you get in the shower in like 10 months, but that's not going to be how you're going to get, that's not how you're going to get into the shower right now. You're going to sit and you're going to put one foot in at a time. Right. And like, so this idea of like, how do I go back to this quote unquote new normal? And then like the second thing was like, or I don't know if I said A or B or whatever, mm-hmm. but the point is like, how do I, how do I share this? right like and it's not for everyone but like how do I share like okay so here's what happened and like here's what like here's the meaning I draw from it like no matter what life throws you don't give up right this idea of just keep being gritty gritty um action sometimes is going to be messy but just like get in there and do it and live And you just like, for me, it was just like literally like one breath at a time. And my faith just helped me know that. And it was like a peace within that resided. That was like, oh, you're here. You survived. And like, now what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with this second chance? And I was like, hear it loud and clear. I received that. And and that's where I am now, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I hope that answered the question. I'm not sure if it did or not. I, I'm going to just say how I feel right now. I think you gave us all a gift in a time that might be very uncertain of what is always true. Mm. Thank you. I think it's really courageous um, to to just be who you choose to be. Like you are like, Mm -hmm. here's who I am. And you know what? It's not about you bringing the story out in this, this situation. Like, Oh, this is a really big story. It's like, you are like, okay, this is what life does. And um, I'm sure it's doing it to you in some way. And this is what it is. And I, I, I just, I just want more people to hear that because I think, you know, the whole idea of this podcast was this, one of the things I feel like I really do is I hear people's stories and was was true before 2020. It's like people don't often hear how, no matter how varied the story is, there's these glimmers of human existence that come through, you know, and oh, for, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And it's like that, that what I call as a glimmer of human existence would be like the fabric of our divinity really, you know? And, and I think when someone like yourself um, is, has a has that large of a mountain to climb and you climb it it kind of reminds the rest of us whatever that means because maybe somebody had a big mountain but in this moment they might be like this mountain's a little bit smaller and I don't know what to do with it like that's all I mean by that you know what I mean and people are like oh right you know because for whatever reason in our humanness we we often forget Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's so helpful which I'm still working on is to keep sourcing inside. Like, how do I feel Mm -hmm. about it? How do I feel about it? And if more of us do that, then we can help become better listeners, but also kind of demand to be heard, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause I think in some cases I'm like, Oh, it's okay, but it's not right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that was like kind of one of the things um, right after my stroke, it was like, I kind of wanted to downplay everything. Cause I was, I did, I had a level. And again, I just can't think of another word. Um, and I know embarrassed isn't the right word, but like, how did a stroke happen to a 34 year old? Mm-hmm. And how did nobody catch it? 
for three days for 72 hours and then how did like how did how is it that I literally can't feel pain or temperature on the entire left side of my body like all of these like wait how is this how is this how is this and then like the turning point when it was like okay this is what is Mm-hmm. and this is something that's permanent I'm go- like I'm in, and I remember I remember thinking I'm 34 I either lay down and die or I get up and live and move yeah and live right and so um I just was like I'm 34 I can't give up it took a while to get to that point but I was like I can't give up now like come on like I got a life to live mm-hmm. it might look different than I envisioned but like it's still this like life and it can be it's going to be beautiful at times. It's going to be ugly at times. And it's going to be in the middle of the two at times. But like, like just don't give up. I, I like, that's just like one of the things I just kept telling myself is don't give up. And it's not for anybody else. It's for me. That's right. Right. Like it, like I, like it was, it, it was like it was that it took that for me to realize, oh yeah, this life is for me. I still struggle with like what people think about me and like all kinds of things, you know, those ideas like, well, how do I come across? Like, (laughs) am I too much? Am I not enough? Do I say too much? Do I don't say enough? But at the end of the day, like I know it's for me. Right. Right. And like, and, and what happened to me is maybe different than what happened to you. But at the end of the day, like we're here, we didn't give up. Just keep trucking. That's right. I don't know. That's like, that's like, I guess that's really like all I can think of to say is that <laughs> you just keep moving forward. That's it. You know, cause like, cause if you don't, you're moving backwards or you're standing still and you know, life is uncomfortable, but like, I, like if I, be, I believe in myself so much, I believe in, and that helps me. I believe in you and everyone else you know? Mm. Oh my gosh. So good. So now that someone's like, okay, wait, when is this woman's yoga class? How do I sign up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's like everything I post is usually on Instagram, which is my name, Lisa O'Rear without the apostrophe and an underscore. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a public account. So like, and I list all of my classes every week. They're the same, but I list them every week for people so they can find them and sign up. Yeah, I, I think you are an amazing person. I really do. And I thank you so didn't even get a chance to ask you about Shmi. Let's tell us about Shmi. Which by the way, is really funny because during this, like about 10 minutes ago, someone knocked on the door Mm -hmm. and he just went, he's like gone. He went eight tried to like shut the door and just like, I don't know who was at the door, but like, but he's great. He's great. He's my um, never impressed Shizu. <laughs> um, but he he was, I joke, um, and I think I, we've talked about this before, like, so he was like my um, stroke gift. You know how they say, mm-hmm. like, women get push gifts, <laughs> right? Like, I've heard of that. I don't know. I don't have children, but I've heard of that. Um, and so um, after my stroke, I think it was about, it was July 4th, so it was a couple months uh, after my stroke. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I need I need a dog. And my husband was like, uh, okay. And so I literally met a woman 
on the side of a road like and I was like I think I want this dog like she was part of it like an SPCA mm-hmm. and um she was like okay great you can foster it and I was like awesome so I bring it home and Jason's like uh yeah no we're not fostering we're keeping right I, I just I just know you're not giving this dog up I was like yep you're right <laughs> and so that was nine years ago and so he's he's Aww. great he's you know he's 12 now he's a joke he's a little old man We'll give him our love and I your will. husband. I will. And people Thank you. and find you at Lisa O'Rear, no apostrophe, underscored Instagram or lisaorear.com. Yes. Thank you Thank so you. much for the opportunity. I'm so grateful. I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks, Lisa. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.